Baseball America just put out their June updates. Who are some of the prospects that shot up the rankings? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. So Baseball America is considered amongst the prospect apparatus to kind of be the, the, the gold star, the best possible rating service uh, amongst everybody. Obviously requires a subscription, definitely worth the investment if you're a fan of prospects, somebody who listens to this show and every day or things like that. But uh, I just went through, they, they've updated for the month of June. They've obviously graduated a lot of guys who started the year in the majors, but then also you have enough of a sample size. A lot of these guys have played 50, 60 games where you can go in and you can re-rate based on how, uh, how guys are doing. So found a couple guys that have taken giant leaps in the rankings, and I wanted to bring those here. First one, he benefits a little bit from some graduations in his system, but shortstop Ronnie Mauricio of the New York Mets is now the number one prospect in the Mets system. Now, again, you've graduated Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez either has graduated or it's pretty close, but still, Ronnie Mauricio has had significant improvement himself. So, 2017 IFA, and I'm going to give you two different slash lines because I want to paint a picture here for you. 123 games last year and double A Binghamton. Okay. 259, 296, 472. 26 home runs, 54 extra base hits, 24 walks to 125 strikeouts, 20 of 31 on stolen bases. So batting out, I'm sorry, on base percentage below 300. One of the first things we can pull out of this. Uh, the strikeout rate is just over one strikeout a game. And 20 of 31 on stolen bases isn't incredibly successful. Like it's, I mean, it's obviously above 50%, but it's just not what we're used to seeing as far as guys trying to to be uh, successful base dealers. And so there was, you know, he was rated somewhere, I want to say number eight, things like that as you entered this year. Now, he's spent the entire year in AAA Syracuse. In those 65 games, 325, 368, 546, 11 home runs, 36 extra base hits, 14 walks to 47 strikeouts, and 11 to 16 on stolen bases. So what he has improved has been significant. The, uh, the batting average, 260 to 325, and that's just me rounding to make it easy on the math in my head, uh, 65 points or so. On base, 296 to 368, knocking around, you know, that, that's just, just over 70 points of improvement. Slugging, 472 to 546. So you've got another 70 points of improvement. He had 26 doubles 
and two triples last year in 123 games. In 65 games this year, he has 23 doubles, so he's almost matched his you know, what, uh, what he did in double the number of games last year. And he already has two triples. So he's equaled his triples output from last year and almost equaled his doubles output in just around ballpark half the games. The big change here has been the swing decisions. So it, the, the, story going, like, the story going into the year for Ronnie Mauricio was the power was probably... Uh, the raw power was w- over plus, you know, 65 grades, something like that. But the game power was probably going to be about 60 or so. But, and the everydayers can say it with me, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. The issue that he had, like, it doesn't matter that his average exit below last year was 90 miles an hour because he uh, uh, he was swinging too much. He was too aggressive with his swings. And so he was getting in disadvantage counts, wasn't getting things to hit, had to chase off the plate. And last year, he was one of 12, this is a great staff from Baseball America, he was one of 12 minor leaguers that had 800 plate appearances between 2021 and 2022 and uh, on-base percentage under 300. So it makes sense that he was in the back half of the top 10 because it was like, how do you get these tools into the game? He moves up a level, but he's gotten significantly better with the swing decisions. Okay, so his power is better able to play into games. His strikeout rate has come down. He had again, he had 125 strikeouts in 123 games last year, and he's sitting on 47 strikeouts in 65 games this year. So strikeouts are down. Walks are up. He only walked 14. Uh, he walked 24 times in 123 games. He's at 14 right now. So more than half of that in just about half the games. And because of that, the slash line as a whole has gone up. Uh, defensively, he was a guy that probably was considered because the speed wasn't great, that he'd be average at shortstop, but you could kick him to third and he might be above average or plus because it's a big arm. Although he's a little bit erratic with his throws. Well, he's added some second base into his his play. He's played a little bit of second base. He's also played a little bit of out of outfield. And so you're very much in a scenario now where Ronnie Mauricio could get called up sometime soon. And he can kick into second. He can play some left. You've already got Alvarez behind the plate. You've got Brett Beatty at third. Like it's kind of a wholesale youth movement is going for the New York Mets. So very impressed with what Ronnie Mauricio has been able to do. The other guy here, and we've talked about him before, so I can't spend as much time on him, but Yankeel Fernandez of the Colorado Rockies, 2019 IFA. And what he's been able to do this year, 62 games between A-ball, high A, double A. 313, 354, 596. 18 home runs in 62 games, 36 extra base hits, so more than one every other game. 17 walks to 56 strikeouts, one for two on stolen bases. Reminder, defensively, he is a power-hitting corner outfielder. Massive arm, speed's not great, defense is probably fringe, maybe below average, depending on what kind of park you catch him in. But what he's been able to do is, one, the power's great, right? Average exit velocity, 91 miles an hour, 90th percentile exit below of 108. Uh, but 
the swing and miss issues that he's shown in the past, whether it was uh, when he was signed, whether it was in the minors last year, uh, aren't necessarily holding him back as far as strikeouts are concerned. Like the swing and miss, he's at 71% contact. So three out of 10 swings, he doesn't even touch the ball. But he's not striking out because he's he's able to, he's getting better at uh, making that contact with the ball. Uh, it still has a little, little bit of an issue, but it's not leading to strikeouts. So you know what? That's that's kind of fine. Uh, the 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 data and everything is good, and so he just got bumped up to Double A Hartford. He homered in his first game in Double A Hartford. And I'm really curious to see how this test does for him at the higher level with bigger pitchers. Uh, he went from number 13 in the system to number two. Colorado has definitely, between him and the improvements Adele Amador has made, the system's looking a little bit brighter than it was when the year started. In just a minute, I've got two outfielders, one in Boston, one in Miami, that have done a lot to improve their fates. And we'll talk to, about them next right here. Unlocked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Baseball season's obviously in full swing. There is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. And looking as of Thursday, there are some interesting movements in the Rookie of the Year races. National League Rookie of the Year in the minds of FanDuel is a two-person race. Corbin Carroll is the favorite, minus 500. Ellie De La Cruz, plus 950. Everybody else is at plus 5,000 or higher. Francisco Alvarez, Andrew Abbott, Yuri Perez, Matt McClain. As far as they're concerned, it's a two-man race. Corbin Carroll to Ellie De La Cruz. The American League is a little bit more wide open, and for the first time, your favorite is Josh Young of the Texas Rangers, plus 175. Matsutake Yoshida behind him at plus 250. Gunnar Henderson at plus 500, followed by some pitchers. Hunter Brown, Taj Bradley, Logan Allen. Really interesting. If you want to get in on that action, don't miss your chance for your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join Fandle today. Go to Fandle.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, talking about some of these outfielders that have risen up the, the Baseball America prospect rankings with their new June re-rates. Roman Anthony of the Boston Red Sox. 2022 draftee, second round supplemental out of high school, and they spent a lot of money to get him. They, uh, he, was, he, was, he had a scholarship, I think, to Old Miss, and they went like, uh, was like two and a half million dollars, like three times the slot value to get him to come in. And it's a guy that you have to go with this, with the, the, uh, the underlying metrics because the slash line itself is not necessarily that, that impressive, right? So 49 games, most of these in low A Salem. He's gotten like a week in high A Greenville, but 49 games for Roman Anthony, 238, 383, 357. Four home runs, 15 extra base hits, 44 walks to 47 strikeouts, 11 to 17 on stolen bases. This does not sound like the type of player that should move from number nine to number four, but a lot of it 
is because the tools are there, but he has to refine it to better get them into games. So what Roman Anthony has been able to do, he's very good at making contact. He's got very good swing decisions. And the power, the underlying power is there. I mean, it's something, it's somewhere between plus and double plus as far as raw power. But again, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. And the issue with Roman Anthony is, is twofold, I guess. One is he's hitting too many balls into the ground, right? So it's a launch angle issue. I don't have, we don't have StatCast data for everything that he did. So I can't tell you his existing launch angle and things like that. But uh, when you watch, that's obviously the issue. He's hitting too many balls into the ground. So that will cause you problems. And then the swing decisions are really good as far as uh, chase to not chase. But what he needs to do, and granted, he's 19. This is all a gradual process. But what he needs to do is get to that next level of swing decision where you're evaluating the strike, obviously, but you need to look at, is this a drivable pitch or not? Some strikes are better than others. If you are sitting two and one, you have the ability to have, you know, more, to be more particular about which pitch you swing at. And he is really good at strike versus not a strike. But what we need Roman Anthony to do to hit that next level of production, not only are you working on the launch angle, right? But you're also working on this is a strike versus this is a drivable strike that I can get underneath, I can put in the air, and I can put in the seats. That is the next level for Roman Anthony. But I do think that this is something where, given the skill set, as he continues to mature and develop and learn some of these things, he his ceiling is probably somewhere of an above average regular to a guy that could contend for all-star games. I mean, I think his ceiling is higher here. Uh, it's just a matter of how does he get there. Now, defensively, I think his speed is just about average. His arm is you know, average to above average. His speed is average to, you know, maybe above average, I guess. The defense has looked pretty good, but I don't know if he's going to stick in center field or if he's going to be better as a, a power-hitting corner outfielder. I could see him in right field in Fenway doing pretty well in a scenario like that. So really curious to see exactly how Roman Anthony continues to develop, but excited about what I'm seeing so far. The other guy... Outfielder Victor Mesa of the Miami Marlins went from not ranked at all in 2023 to a top 10 prospect in their system at number six. And he had been ranked in the past, 2018 IFA. He had been ranked in the past. He was in the back half of their top 30. He was like 22nd, 29th, 25th. He dropped out after the 2022 year. He was in high A Beloit for the entire season. Got 121 games. 243, 323, 346. Five home runs, again, in 121 games. 34 extra base hits. 53 walks to 100 strikeouts, 10 to 14 on stolen bases. And so, something where, biomechanically, he had some issues that were keeping, like, they were holding his swing back from being better than it is, like, better than it could have been. And so... 
He's, he did a lot of work late in the season in Beloit. He's been in double-A Pensacola in the Southern League with those weird baseballs um, all year. And despite being in that pitching-friendly environment with some of those extreme pitchers parks, I'm thinking about Mississippi with the Braves there, uh, he is like he has a he has decent per offensive production compared to last year. His 54 game slash line in Double A Pensacola again for Victor Mesa, 263, 346, 431, six home runs. So he's already beaten last year's total that he had in 121 games. Uh, 21 extra base hits, 25 walks to 64 strikeouts, nine for nine on stolen bases. So strikeouts are up. You know, to over one a game, whereas last year it was 100 strikeouts in 121 games. Part of this is the adjustment to double A. Part of this, I'm thinking, this is speculation, could be everybody's strikeouts, as far as hitters are concerned, are up in double A because of that baseball. So let's see what he does in the second half of the year. Oh, and he's a perfect nine for nine on stolen bases, where he was 10 to 14 last year. So fix the mechanical issues and then. Like, I still don't know if his offensive ceiling is above average or not, but he looks like he's going to be better able to at least give you something closer to average production. But the good news is the defense has looked better. I would dare say, I saw him in a couple games in Montgomery, I would dare say he's probably a plus defender in center field now. Whereas before that, because the speed was only average, the arm was above average or so. But before that, some of the questions were, was he going to have to move to a corner? And if he moved to a corner, we didn't think there was the power potential for him to properly fit into the, 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 the archetype of a corner hitting outfielder. The arm wasn't necessarily big enough to be like it was above average, but not big enough to be a threat in right field. But he didn't have the home run, the power potential for a traditional left field spot. So he was kind of in a weird place. I think defensively, despite the speed being average, maybe above average, I think he could stick in center and he would be an above average to plus defender. Again, the arm is above average or so. So they've moved him again from not rated to number six prospect in the system for the Miami Marlins. Curious to see where he goes from here. In just a minute, I've got two pitchers, one of which is a reliever we don't talk about a lot, and one of which I kind of disagree with Baseball America about. And we'll get to that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Welcome back into Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. Setting up next week, we have a mailbag on Monday. Reminder, if you have questions for us, the best way to get them to us is by joining our subtext. Links in the episode description, links in the show notes. Uh, they get priority for our mailbags. Subtext sponsors the mailbag. So feel free to join. That's the best way to do it. Uh, the, the first guy, and this is where I kind of disagree with Baseball America a little bit here. Max Radic of the St. Louis Cardinals. 2022 sixth rounder out of UCLA. He was rated at number 21 entering this season. They have upgraded him to number 10. And off of production, I get it but I have questions about the validity of the stats and the stuff. So he has 11 games all in A-ball. So he has been in Palm Beach this year and Palm Beach at age 21. Uh, he spent two years at UCLA. He was a draft eligible sophomore. So that kind of explains that. Um, 
Over his two years in college, by the way, 10 and 6, 283 ERA in 15 starts, 39 appearances, like 120 innings, struck out 128 guys, so 9.8 per nine. Uh, so far in the minor leagues this year, again, in A ball in Palm Beach, he's 6 and 2 in his 11 starts with a 159 ERA in 56 and two thirds innings, 60 strikeouts, so 9.5 per nine, to seven walks, 1.1 per nine, two home runs allowed. So the issues that I have here is there, there's, there's two things. One is I question waiting a, a pitcher that had two years of college experience. I question waiting his stats in a ball this much. It feels like jumping him up to number 10 might be a little bit of an agree. I understand the numbers are really good. 11.8% swinging strike. 28.2% CSW, uh, one, I mean, one five nine ERA. He's only walked seven guys in 11 games. Like, I get, I understand the stats are really good. But part of me wonders if high A is a more appropriate test of his, of his stuff, ver- like, more appropriate level of competition to test out his stuff. Because I'm not really a big believer in Max Rajic's stuff. So, Some of the issue for me is he comes in like he's a little bit of an undersized guy. I want to say he's, I mean, he's, he's right at six foot tall, but the fastball doesn't really impress me a lot. It sits, it sits 90, 92, maybe 93 can, can, uh, it it stays up in the zone a little bit, but I watched him pitch in person when he was in college at UCLA in the, in the postseason, and uh, not a lot of deception in the delivery. He kind of flashes the ball out behind his head as he's doing all of his stuff. And so you can track the fastball out of his hand pretty well. And I watched I watched Florida, I think Florida State and Auburn both tee off on that fastball a little bit. And he's really just kind of throwing that fastball to set up his secondaries. He's got a curveball that sits in the low 80s, mostly vertical break, a little bit of horizontal movement, a lot of them do, but mostly vertical break on the curveball. It's a plus pitch, I think. And then a changeup that is above average sits sits low to mid eighties has some arm side run to it, and so it's uh, fastball up, curveball down, changeup to the arm side. It's just like to me, you don't have enough velocity to kind of scare anybody with the fastball. He, he the control is it's good. He can throw strikes. He can throw everything for strikes. The command is fine. I don't think it's exceptional or anything. And so right now he's really living off of command and control and sequencing. And one, I think the ceiling is a little bit lower on a guy like that. But two, I just don't necessarily know if low A or single A is the right place to weight the stats so heavily that you move him up to number 10 in the system. I'm just not necessarily convinced that Max Rajic's stuff is worthy of him being a top 10 prospect in a system. And side note, it feels like St. Louis does this a lot. They get pitchers who don't have overwhelming stuff, but they sequence really well. They're intelligent. Like, they've got the pitch ability. They just don't have really good stuff. If you gave me Max Ragic and you added three or four miles an hour to that fastball, that's a different guy. You're sitting mid-90s. You're touching 97. That's a different conversation. But it's a fastball that sits 90 to 93 from a righty. 
Like that's, that's below average velocity. And so I understand there's more physical development to be done. He's only 21 years old and all of that. It just feels like it's a bigger move than I would expect it based off of competition at a lower level than he probably should be at. Bringing it back to something positive. Uh, we're gonna for the, This is the second time in this show's history that we're going to voluntarily talk about a reliever. But Orion Kirkering of the Philadelphia Phillies, 2022 fifth rounder out of USF, he went from number 25 in their system to number six. And the more that I watch, the more I am impressed with what he is able to do. He was a reliever his first two years at, U- at USF. He was back and forth between a, a starter and a reliever in 22. He took him in the fifth round. And 22 games between A ball and high A, entirely in relief. He's not started at all, but he's 3 0 with a 105 ERA uh, in 25 and two thirds innings. He spent more time in high A Jersey Shore than low A Clearwater, which he should. He spent three years in college. He sh- needs to be in high A as soon as possible. Uh, and in those 25 and two thirds innings, again, 105 ERA. 40 strikeouts, so 14 strikeouts per nine, to seven walks, two and a half per nine, one home run allowed. Some of the things that stood out to me is swinging strike rate of 20.4%. So dudes are not able to hit that stuff that well. CSW, college strikes plus whiffs, 41%. We talked about the average is somewhere around 28 or 29%. If you can hit 30, you're doing pretty good at the major league level. 41% CSW. He can locate his stuff. He can, uh, guys aren't hitting the stuff. And the stuff we talk about, it's two pitches. And that's why he's a reliever and not a starter. But he has a fastball that I would call a 70 grade pitch. It sits mid to upper 90s. He can touch 101 with it. Really good uh, uh, ride up in the zone, a good carry. And can locate it pretty, pretty well. Obviously, you, you see the wall cameras. He's walked seven guys in 25 innings. Uh, to go along with it, he's got a slider that is stupid and kind of funny to watch. It is so good. It sits in the mid-80s, wipeout slider. Uh, it's got two-plane break, but more vertical than horizontal. And I watched some footage of him. I, he's comfortable throwing it to both lefties and righties. And that's always the big question when you have something that's not a solely vertical breaking pitch is how do you feel about throwing this to, uh, to a guy of the opposite handedness? So this is mostly vertical, but does have horizontal break to it. I watched him strike out a lefty hitter. The guy swung on a pitch that hit him in the back foot. This slide, the fastball slide, it looks exactly the same halfway to the plate. And then if you're a lefty, this slider just dives in at your feet. And this dude swings and it hits him in the back foot. But it didn't matter. He swung. He's out. And it was was just one of those, like, I'm watching. I couldn't help but laugh when it happened. I've been very impressed watching how well he has those. He has a changeup. It it exists. He doesn't really use it a lot. Uh, He may or may not keep it. I would recommend trying to get it maybe a little bit more reliable just so you have it as a change of pace for a third thing. But fastball slider combo, this is really good. And if I'm Philly, I'm looking at getting him into double A sooner rather than later. Like by the time they start the second half of the season, I want him in double A so that he's an option for me as soon as next year out of spring training at the major league level. because. 
these are both 70 grade pitches. These are really, this is a really good fastball and slider combo. Uh, and, and like you, you might see him in the major leagues this year. I think these two pitches could play at the major league level this year. So very excited about Orion Kirkering and what he can do with those two pitches. Fantastic week this week. Again, reminder, we've got a mailbag on Monday. Uh, if you have a question for us, best way to get in to us is through our subtext. Links in the episode description. You can text it right to me. We, we text back and forth. We chat. Uh, anytime I'm doing research and diving into data sets and things like that, I always reach out to the subtexters, give them a chance to send me questions and requests and show ideas. So join that. Links in there. In the meantime, enjoy baseball this weekend. And remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.